Good morning. Welcome. Glad to see each and every one of you here. As I welcome you, let me give you some quick announcements. First of all, the kids' stuff continues tonight. Handbells Choir and Mission Kids. Uh, Jessica wants you to, re- to come to the sanctuary for your handbells tonight at 5.30. I want to remind you that next Sunday is going to be a great day in life to church. It's a combined service that we have every fifth Sunday at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary this time. And the children will be leading us in worship. So I hope you make every effort to come and invite someone to come and to see our children present worship for us. Also, afterwards, we will go to the Family Life Center for a brunch. And it's going to be a great opportunity for you to get to know people, maybe to go from the different services, and, of course, to greet the children and to thank them for their effort. Immediately following this service, the administrative board will meet at, after this service in the Wesley Davenport classroom. Administrative board will meet immediately after this service in the Wesley Davenport classroom. Is John and Julia Shannon here? Are they here? John and Julia? Yes. Y'all come right up here. Turn around here for everybody to see you guys. Here, stand right here. <laughs> you know that these two young folks took a challenge by one of our members at a children's sermon a few, several months ago. I guess it maybe the first of the year is what I was told. And they took their challenge and they decided that they were going to raise money for a new scoreboard at our Family Life Center. And last week, due to all your gifts and all their efforts, not only have they raised now the, the over, what is it, $2,600 that's needed for a new one, they're already got about $500 towards the second one. And so they have been, there. there's the two that, who stand outside uh, the church every Sunday, rain or shine, selling the candy bars for a dollar. And that money, that's where that money's been going. And they just did great, and I wanted to recognize them, and I want you to recognize them and thank them. They are a great example of Christian kids. Let me give you this announcement. We will have prayer for this family, but let me give you this announcement just in case. Uh, Ruby Reed, who is a dedicated and faithful member of this church for many, many years, who in the last uh, little while has been uh, living in uh, Lexington in a nursing home, passed away Friday. And her funeral is today. The receiving of friends is at 2 o'clock here in our social hall. And then at 3 o'clock, there is a graveside uh, service at Mountain View. 3 o'clock at Mountain View. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, make us loyal followers of our living Lord, that we may always hear His Word, follow His teachings, and live in His Spirit, and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. To Your eternal glory. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated and let the Mays family come forward. Sarah Catherine, if you'd come forward to help me. And I'll ask the rest of you to participate with me in this holy baptism of these two children. If you'll come with your inserts out of their... 
The churches of God and will be preserved to the end of time for the conduct of worship and the due administration of God's word and sacraments, the maintenance of Christian fellowship and discipline, the edification of believers, and the conversion of the world. And all of every age and station stand in need of the means of grace, which it alone supplies. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of his life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are therefore marked as Christian disciples initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to little children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And so I ask the parents who are sponsoring these children, Beloved, do you in present these children for holy baptism reject all that is evil, repent of your sin, and accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ is your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he and she may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves to profess their faith openly and to lead a Christian life? To the congregation, I asked you, as Christ's body the church, will you reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another into Christian faith and life, include these persons now before you in your care, and surround them with a community of love and forgiveness? Let us pray. Eternal Father, your mighty acts of salvation have been made known through water, from the moving of your Spirit upon the waters of creation, to the deliverance of your people through the flood and through the Red Sea. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb, baptized by John, and anointed by your Spirit. Jesus called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, you want to stand up, Davis? All right. Davis Land Mays, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Elizabeth Liza Byers Mays, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Those who have been baptized into Christ's holy church are welcome into this congregation, the United Methodist Church. These children are now preparatory members. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love.
Will you nurture? Wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> Let us pray. Come, come back up here because I'm going to give you a little blessing. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, grant that these children, as they grow in years, may also grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by the restraining and renewing influence of the Holy Spirit, that they may be true child of God, serving thee faithfully for all their days. So guide and uphold these parents and sponsors of these children, that by loving care, wise counsel, and holy example, they may lead them into that life of faith whose strength is righteousness, whose fruit is everlasting joy and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve and keep you now and forevermore. Amen. Now let's walk them down the aisle while they sing their song. <laughs> Come on, Dave, Davis, you can come with me. <laughs> Thank you. Do you. Children's time. Let the children come forward. Good morning. How are y'all this morning? Forgive me for my voice. I cheered a little too loud yesterday, so please forgive me. But this morning, we're going to talk about being wise or foolish. Which one would y'all rather be? That's a good answer. Today's verse comes out of Matthew 7, 24 and 26. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Now, the Bible teaches us that we need to be filled with both knowledge and wisdom. All right, and I brought some books with me today. We'll see if y'all can help me out here. What do I got here? Yeah, like a history of South Carolina. Okay. What is this? <laughs> yeah, it confused me too while I was in college. This is corporate finance, fundamentals. Very exciting stuff. All right, and then what is this last book that I've got with me? Yeah, you got college, right? College algebra. Fun and excitement that awaits you down the road. That's right, the sixth edition, yeah. So, if I gave y'all all next week, on top of y'all going to school, if I gave you all next week to read these three books, do you think you could teach me? No? I don't think so either. I, I, I read all three of those books for four years, and I don't know how far it got me. But anyway, um, what we want to do, though, is we want to be filled. Do you know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? 
right? Knowledge would be reading these books and learning everything that's in these books. And then wisdom would be putting what you learned in these books to practice. So thinking of our Bible verse this morning, Jesus, he taught us to put his teachings into practice in our daily lives, right? And then if we did that, then our house would be built on rock. And what happens if our house was built on rock during a storm? It would stay there. That's right. Now, if we don't put Jesus' teachings to practice, then we are foolish, and we're not becoming more wise, and we build our house on sand. And what would happen in a storm if we built our house on sand? It would sink, or it would wash away, or it would fall apart. That's right. So today's lesson is we can continue to learn every day, continue to read our Bible, and continue to learn more about Jesus, but we also need to put those teachings into practice. And if we do that, then we're going to become more wise. All right? So pray with me as we leave. Jesus, we want to know what you taught. But more importantly, we want to have the wisdom to take what you taught and put it into practice. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 9, verse 30 through 37. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who has sent me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
There's several uh, folks that I want to lift up to you today for prayer, ex uh, extra prayer. Then, and one is Martha Leonard, who was recently in the hospital, who is now at home. Barbara McClyman, who was in the hospital this past week, who came home yesterday. Dennis Lee, who had surgery and who remarkably is here today with us, but I'm sure he would love to have some more prayers for speedy recovery. Prayers, of course, for the family of Ruby Reed. Prayers for Chuck and Joan Wallace. His son, Dan Wallace, was in a serious accident and suffered burns over a large portion of his body. He's in the burn center. We want to remember them, and I'm sure there are others that you would need to remember. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh Lord, we, we come this day. We come because we are faithful. We come because we know of your promises. We pray that you'd receive our songs and our praises, our worship, O oh Lord. It is to your glory and to your glory only. We pray that you'd bless the offering of our worship. You have shown us how to live. You've been faithful. You give us instructions. And yet, O oh God, we must confess this day that we're so faithless. So many times we act instead of with our reason, instead of walking in gentleness and peace, instead of showing mercy, we do just the opposite. And when we do these things, these foolish acts, uh, we are causing dishonor to you, O oh God. And so this day, O oh Lord, we pray that you would, would brush us off and take the stain of sin away from us, draw us near to you again, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, set us right. Help us to be those people you would have us to be. Help us to go forth in the week and keep that free will of ours under control that causes us so many problems to sin. By your Spirit, clear our minds, give us knowledge to accept your truth, and give us heavenly wisdom to apply it. We pray this day, O oh God, for all those that we have mentioned. We pray for them. We ask your mercy for all those that suffer from illnesses or disease or uh, who suffer in their minds or their spirits, who grieve this day. Uh, comfort them, O oh God. Uh, we pray that uh, for each one that we have named in our list with our voices and in our hearts now. And so as we put our hands together to be your family. Bless all the work that we do here to build the kingdom of God through this church and in this community. Hear our prayers, O Lord, for we pray in the name of Jesus Christ and as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving as our ushers come forward.
may be seated. You know, this is a great example of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, I had the knowledge that the song was supposed to be close to thee, and I was supposed to announce it, and I forgot to. I didn't have the wisdom, you see? I had the knowledge, but not the wisdom to announce the misprint in the, in the bulletin. But I think most of y'all caught on after a while. <laughs> well, folks, you know, the, the Bible is read over a three-year cycle. Over three years, you pretty much touch on every place in the Bible. And so we won't revisit James for a while, for about three years. But um, I decided not to go to fourth and fifth chapter, but to finish out the third chapter just for that reason. So in three years... Come back and we'll do chapter four and five. But we are, we are uh, finishing up our, our look at James and the scripture is found, James 3, verse 13 through 18. Give attention now to the reading of God's holy word. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual and of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, ambition there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for gathering us together to worship. We thank you for that Holy Spirit that is with us and may it guide us now as we final, take this final look at James. In your name we pray, amen. You know, today we do possess more knowledge than ever before in history. And this knowledge is doubling at an astronomical rate. And with the advent of the internet, we have at our fingertips more knowledge than is humanly possible to process in a lifetime. It is really unbelievable the amount of knowledge that's available to us with a simple internet connection. So with all this knowledge, why are we not wiser? Because we certainly are not wiser. Because obtaining knowledge alone is not enough to make one wise. Obtaining knowledge alone is not enough to make one wise. Let me share with you some things that you probably do not know. Did you know that the country of Iceland, the little country of Iceland, consumes more Coca-Cola per capita, per person, than any other country in the world. Did you know that a man once broke out of prison by using a rope made of dental floss? Did you know that Heinz Ketchup travels at the real fast speed of 25 miles per year? Now you know these things, right? I just told them to you. You have more knowledge than you did just a few seconds ago. But are you wiser? I don't think so. Just knowing something does not mean you know what to do with what you know. Using the knowledge you have to make wise decisions is the key to wisdom. And that is what the lesson in James is all about. It is wisdom. Wisdom to know what you need to do at that particular moment in time. Kind of reminds me of a story of two cowboys and an Indian who was riding herd most of the day. And towards the end of the day, the cowboys started talking about how hungry they were and they couldn't wait to get back uh, into town so they could eat. And one of the cowboys asked the Indian, aren't you hungry, man? I am so hungry. The Indian said, no, I'm not hungry. Well, later that evening when they arrived back into town, they they all ordered their supper. Well, the Indian ordered more than anything else. He ordered twice as much as the two cowboys. And he started with ease, uh, with great gusto rather, he, he started eating everything he could see in sight. 
And one of the cowboys turned to him and said, an hour ago you said you weren't hungry. And the Indian said, not wise to be hungry then. No food. You see, this is, the, <laughs> this is important for us not only to have wisdom, but even common sense wisdom. And oftentimes we don't even have that. But James calls us to a higher form of wisdom. He calls it heavenly wisdom. And he warns us of false wisdom. And James does not mince words. For James, it's not merely a matter of the head, it's also a matter of the heart. Not just head knowledge is important, but heart knowledge is important. And James says that the person who is really wise is the one that shows that wisdom in the way they live their life. The way they live their life. You know, James, looking at the book of James has really been uh, interesting because you can, you, can always, you can put James into these like little catchy, you know, one, two, threes, keys to this, keys to that. And I think the keys here in this understanding heavenly wisdom is the characteristics of heavenly wisdom. And I think you boil them down basically to three things in this particular lesson. And that is peace-loving, being peace-loving, loving peace, being considerate, and not being so doggone stubborn. Now, he didn't exactly say it that way, but that's what he means. James tells us that one of the characteristics of heavenly wisdom is that it avoids arguments. It avoids provoking arguments. And Proverbs 23 says, foolish people are always fighting, but avoiding quarrels will bring honor. Foolish people are always fighting, but avoiding quarrels will bring honor. Proverbs 23, good memory verse. If you find yourself always fighting, then that should tell you that something's not right. If you find yourself being angry or hostile, you need to find out why. You can be sure that God does not desire this for you. If you're going to experience a good relationship with another person, you have to be proactive about it. You have to love peace. Back in uh, July, August, back in August, I celebrated my 33rd wedding anniversary. And I want to tell all you, is it, we got any married couples out here? We have some married couples, I'm sure, okay. I want to tell you, here is the key to 33 years of marital bliss. Okay, this is it. Write it down. This will help you, especially if you're just starting out. Your spouse is always right and you are always wrong. Okay, you got it? Now, I know it sounds funny, but really, if both spouses think that way, you really won't have any arguments. As long as you always think that the other person must, must be something about where they're coming from that is right and I'm wrong, then you will be working towards peacemaking, not arguing. And that is one of the major characteristics of heavenly wisdom. Now, another characteristic, number two, is being just being considerate, just being plain old considerate. The other day, a lady made my day. I was in the grocery line. I come walking up to the grocery line, and they were all, every one of the grocery, grocery lines were full of people with like a month's worth of groceries. And all I had was a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread, that was it, a loaf of bread. And there was one opening, and there was like about three people converging on it. And I was thinking, now, do I make a mad dash and run and try to, you know, do I tackle the person in front of me? What do I do? Do I push them out of the way so I can get in there with my bread? Otherwise, I'm going to be here for an hour. And this nice, sweet lady with a buggy piled this high, she said, would you like to go? Yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, lady. Thank you for being considerate to me. It's simple stuff like that. Being considerate is heavenly wisdom. Chapter 3 in Colossians, the scripture says, God chose you, so always do these things. Show mercy, be kind, be humble and gentle, and forgive each other. Being considerate of another's feelings goes a long way toward having a good relationship. You know, Christianity is not a religion for loners. Christianity is about relationships. That's why we're here together. It is this, first of all, it's this vertical relationship with God. This vertical relationship. And then it's the horizontal relationship. The horizontal relationship with each other. And you notice what that makes, right? 
See? A cross. How we live in these relationships are, are critical. And James says that divine wisdom is one that's willing to yield, willing to admit uh, that we don't know everything, that maybe we shouldn't be so doggone stubborn. <laughs> Proverbs 12, 15 says, and, and this is what it says it says, stupid people always think they're right. And wise people listen to advice. Stupid people always think they're right, and wise people listen to advice. Proverbs 12, 15. I wish I could tell you that I've been wise most of my life. Most of my life, I've not. I've been in the stupid people category because I've been so doggone stubborn. You know, and I've told you before that I just preached to myself. A member called me up on the phone this week and said, you must have known that I was guilty of doing this and that's why you preached about that last week and you really stepped on my toes. And at first I was thinking, oh Lord, she's really, really mad at me. But she wasn't. She's was actually very happy that I had pointed it out and she'd examined it in her own life. And I told her then, and I've told you before, and I'll probably say it a hundred more times, I just preach to myself, and when I say don't be so doggone stubborn, I'm just saying, Joseph, don't be so doggone stubborn. And I figured that if I need to hear that, some of you probably need to hear that. <laughs> now listen, James is not an easy teacher. There's no doubt about that. But if we truly want to receive and exhibit heavenly wisdom, we have to learn how to follow the tenets of faith that are found in James. If we want wisdom that comes from above, we've got to turn first to God, seek reconciliation with God, and then we need to do these things. We need to be considerate. We need to not be so doggone stubborn. We need to reject callous attitudes. We need to be merciful in our actions. We must repudiate injustice. We must be impartial. And all these things are part of taking that knowledge that we know and experiencing faith that works, behaving as we believe, and, and, and having heavenly wisdom, not just something, that, something we can write down on a page or that we can spout, but having wisdom. Having wisdom. Now, I, I probably, I'm probably pretty accurate when I say this. When we've been covering James these last few weeks, every one of us, have, there's been something that spoke to us or said to us, man, I need to work on that. that is, that's me. I have that problem. And, and we know that we want to endeavor to do better. And so we, we need to do these things. And we need to remember, for finally, we just need to remember something this simple. That the true joy of life, this abundant life that Jesus Christ wants to give us, that we can find a little bit of peace in the midst of every chaotic day. And trust me, days are, can be very chaotic. That we, we, we find that this little heavenly wisdom is mainly just to help us to know that regret and fear, now listen to me, regret and fear just re rob us of enjoying the trip that we're on. Regret and fear rob us of the abundant life Christ wants us to have. So when the scripture says, today's the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today's the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I guarantee you that was said by someone who had one crazy day or was looking at a crazy day. It's something we just got to do. And that's why I think all these things I've been telling you work. I, don't, I can't repeat them all this morning, but just slowing down, calming down, laying down, that first series that we started and all the things we've talked about since. Or as someone else said it, and let me just end with this, Robert Hastings is a poet and author, and he said this, and I'll quote. He said, stop pacing the aisles and counting the miles. Instead, climb more mountains. Eat more ice cream. Swim more rivers. Watch more sunsets. Laugh more, cry less. Life must be lived as we go along. Heavenly wisdom 
is peace-loving, is considerate, and it's putting that stubbornness behind you. My friends, let's endeavor to be wise as we journey in the blessed assurance of God's love. Let us live life to the fullest each day as God intended us. I offer these words to encourage you, to give you hope. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us stand and sing. Now receive the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God now and forevermore. Amen.